0: Welcome to Real Adventures. Talking all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. For Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. And Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Here's your hosts, Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Good
1: morning and welcome to Real Adventures for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hapgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Redmond, good morning to you, my friend.
2: I'm leaving you tomorrow.
1: You are? I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm very envious. Where are you heading? Tell everyone.
2: Friend to Exmouth on a liverboard.
1: So Exmouth, for those unaware, is northern western
2: Australia. Yeah, pretty much west. smack bang in the middle. How far flights? Are you going to fly three hours to Perth, obviously? So they had this unbelievable deal running now that was running direct flights straight to Exmouth. Really? Yeah, we missed it by a few weeks.
1: Mate, <laughs> <laughs> right, that is seriously always so they the stopped, it's Like
0: they You stopped.
1: see a sale. It's like, oh, your sale's on. All right, you go to buy whatever it is. Yeah, the sale so was last week. They missed. Yeah. They finished the end of October
2: and now we're heading. Can to-
1: do it for you full price though. Yeah,
2: they can. <laughs> so we missed it by like 12 days. And, uh, and no, why
1: mouth? Tell us. Tell us why
2: it's just cool. Everything there, and we report on the show. Just the fishing is unbelievable. So what we're doing is you are filming a TV show. Yeah, it's sort of half under wraps, so we can say I'll talk a little bit about it.
1: You are not filming a TV show. <laughs> You're going there with Filmed cameras. A bit of a TV
2: show, I got a little bit <laughs> happening, and we're heading over there with cameras, so we're going to catch nothing. But we <laughs> yeah. are on board on strike fishing charters. And Have how been- did you find that? Uh, so we're actually heading over with the West Coast Popper Boys. Yep. So uh, they've been supporters of this new show that you've just ruined and we're heading over there with them and really exciting actually because I haven't been over there. Yeah. Uh, I haven't place. done a, I I've done enough surface stuff, especially at home and whatnot, but this is a lot of this is gonna be new to me. Yeah. Fishing top water like around reefs and whatnot, it's gonna be with super with exciting.
1: Fish that can genuinely like they're small freight trains. So coral trout. Yeah.
2: We want colour. Yeah, you want a lot of color, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, so we're gonna do some jigging as well. Beautiful eating cold trout in my top three. I reckon. Oh well,
2: we're on a liverboard, Pat. So we're out there for four or five days. I don't even know what we're doing. And, <laughs> and have you ever
1: done a liverboard
2: before? No, I haven't. And I'm I'm actually really looking forward to it because. We're coming. Oh, I like my sleep as well, so it'll be a few sleepings hopefully, rather than getting up too early. A couple of Arvo naps out there, but it's uh, it's it's going to be good because we're out in the middle of nowhere. I don't even know if we have got service. I'm kind of hoping that I don't, but it's uh, if I do, I'll make sure I check in so we can. Good, I'll, I'll be I'm back good. before the show, so we'll be able to send me a and, photo. Of what send catching. some photos, but we're sailfish going very very well. But yeah. the liverboard supplies food. That is my uh, favorite
1: billfish to fish for, and the reason for that is really simple because. You can use an 8,000 reel, you can use a 5,000 reel and still catch it and not have to carry a Tiagra 50 wide yep. and buckle yourself in like when we fish for, you know, these giant True southern enough. bluefin that you bring aboard. You can also catch
2: garfish on 2,500 stratics <laughs> too. Uh, but basically, uh, I'm really looking forward to this. So I think we fly to Perth and then we make our way to... transfer flight. Yeah, then we fly to Exmouth from Perth. Yep. So... I think our flight over is really cruisy. I think it's really really good. But I've noticed that yourself, obviously with your football, we generally this is when you generally talk to me when you have got no one else to talk to, and it's something to do with this red-eye plane that you get home from WA.
1: Oh, that's a tough one. I think
2: I'm on the tough one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? I actually don't mind the red-eye because you just want to get home, but you'll be knackered after a week
2: of fishing. I think I'm fishing. home at 5:30 in the morning.
1: Yeah, you'll be knackered after a week of fishing, I tell you right. Well,
2: That's now. good that might mean I get some sleep. But no, it's going to be a good trip. I hopefully I to be honest with you, uh our show that we're doing is about being able to do it yourself. It's called the bucket list, right? And we thought in you know, it everyone wants to do the bucket list of the show, the name of the show. We wanted to be like, Righto, what's on everyone's bucket list? And live everyone wants to go on a liverboard in somewhere like X Mouth. You're right, they so do. So we're gonna do a couple and, of and
1: Xmouth I think is probably the best place in Australia to fish.
2: Oh, and that's it's got to, and Weeper I know Weeper's great. we're gonna talk a little bit about Weeper's. But soon. I think X Mouse's the best. I think it takes the pick from yep. what the research that we did. And on strike charters, Josh, I've been dealing with him on the phone and I haven't met the gentleman yet, but hopefully that it's gonna be an unbelievable experience. Everyone that I've reported to keeps telling me how good it's gonna be. The fishing's great, the boat's great. All the likes, the car, it's just going to be a busy week. So, I oh, might be unreal. I'll come back sick, no doubt. <laughs> it's, it's definitely one of those things, though. It's
1: like if you love fishing at some point, you've got to go and experience the week aboard or live aboard. And anyone I've ever spoken to has always loved the experience of just being all mm. in. Yeah. The boys trip, away you go. Like, it's
2: bloody yeah, It's And I like the fact that. We're fishing, oh, I don't know where, we're staying at the islands, right? But I'm pretty sure there, the 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 island, the reef and the islands where we're staying is sort of that accessible area for the day traffickers. Yep. And then once we get on the boats and travel to where we need to be on the boats, which could be 40km, yeah, people, aren't fishing, people aren't fishing where we yeah. are, it's only these guys. So they know where they're going, they know what they're doing, obviously. And I'm going to leave it into their hands, obviously, with Josh. And uh, I hope I've got some unbelievable stories of you that don't involve sailfish. <laughs> no, I think I actually I'm looking forward to sale. I'm gonna report Lockie Cartlidge, very good friend of mine, went did a weeper trip. Yep. And we're gonna in the whip around coming up next got a couple of reports from him. So you will be interested that. about this sale fish he caught and I'll tell you how he caught it.
1: Well we're looking forward to the uh, the reports of your trip on Xmouth. Hey, a little bit of four x <laughs> four news from around the country. Uh, the Australian new vehicle market has eclipsed the magic million sales. With two months to spare, the first time it's done so. This is a report from car expert. So say that com. again. Ute, the Australian new vehicle new market. vehicle market new right. vehicle market. Sorry. So they've sold. There's been over a million cars sold, um, and there's still two months to go. Up twelve percent.
2: I thought that we were uh, the the dollar wasn't going real well. Well, it's going pretty well. You because can see why if we keep buying new cars, you can see why we've got another interest rate jump. Correct. People continue
1: to purchase. So Toyota up eleven point two percent and outsold its closest competitor by more than two to one. So it continues to be the most popular car within Australia. Do you think that that new
2: side of it, right, Pat? Is how to explain it? The, a lot of people used to buy secondhand cars. Yes. Do you think people these days with what is now available to do with the range of cars? They're a bit more affordable at times. So, you, like, you get a Ranger, right? You can spend eighty grand on the Ranger to hundred grand. You can also spend fifty grand on the base model. Do you think? Yeah, no,
1: I'm with you. Well, I, I just think just secondhand a- cars are so ridiculously overpriced now. So you think? Yeah. So that, I think overpriced. that does contribute to it. And yep. then you look at and you go, and this is why you bought a you bought a Mitsubishi Outlander because yeah. you went. I've got a seven-year warranty, warranty. Yeah. so I don't have to worry about if was, something goes wrong.
2: I think Mrs. Carl's about forty-eight or fifty grand. So say yeah. fifty grand with with seven-year warranty.
1: So the top five: Ford Ranger selling a bit over six thousand vehicles, Toyota Hilux five thousand seven hundred, Isuzu D Max uh, two and a half thousand. So the top three are all Utes, and it's rounded out by the Toyota Rav Four and the MG Z. Yes, at two and a half
2: thousand respectively each. So basically you just summed it up. There are top three are Utes, they're just tax write-offs of business owners, really.
1: Well, yeah, that has a bit to it, I suppose. <laughs> but then it's interesting, so if you want to round out the top ten, you go Mazda CX five, like a mid-sized car, but then you go Toyota Prado at seven, Mitsubishi Outlander, the car that you bought yep. at eight, Ford Everest Your at one. nine and then Hyundai Tucson, so a little bit smaller. So they're the
2: big cars. But they're the work cars, and then they're the bigger family cars. But these are bigger cars, and
1: that leads to a really interesting report by uh, Standards Australia. Apparently Australians have blasted the proposal to increase the standard parking space (laughs) length as big cars take over Australia. So what had happened, Standards Australia had proposed increasing the length of off-street Car parking and our roads aren't exactly wide at the moment, anyway. Redmond, no, by twenty centimeters to fit, you know, the thirst of Australians for bigger cars.
2: Well, this morning, as I've parked the car, right, I've uh, parked perfectly in my lines. Yes,
1: and and how far out are you?
2: <laughs> it's actually not too bad because there's so a concrete behind in. me, so I reverse yep. in. I'm all good in this one. Yep. But there's an Audi next to me, and it's parked on the line. And when you're in a big car, so I can, I'm I'm not real thick at the moment, Patrick. So this is the <laughs> it's, bit, fun, it's so fine for I you. could squeeze out right, and yes. I know the Audi is not going to be an older person. I could see what was in the car. There was a hat on the back. You know when there's a hat on the back of the <laughs> on the back of the back seats. There's an older person.
1: It's a
0: fly fisherman, yep. otherwise.
2: So I've they've come over the line. So I'm like bit of punishment, right? So. That side of my car I tend to is do getting well. fixed when I'm in X-Mouth. That's the bit that I crashed. So you're okay so for it. So the... I'm okay. I don't <laughs> care if they hit the side of the door. They shouldn't have been over my line. So I've made it a little bit difficult here. So I'm a bit of a prick this morning, but I thought, you know what? You make it harder for these big cars and you don't like me. Well, put a dent in my door. It's getting fixed next week anyway. And <laughs> you can't get in.
1: I've done that a few times at the, at the footy club when I've rocked up. And you see people getting in the back seat of their car. <laughs> Because <laughs> they can, uh, like, oh, I'm thin. Like I can get through, no worries. Just sneak through to the seat. Oh, I'm a prick. But the only thing is, yeah, you do worry a little bit about
2: the um, the Your front own. door. Yeah, yeah, well, like I said, my door's getting fixed next week. Was exactly, their front door's exactly positioned where the dint was. Hey,
1: went for a trout <laughs> fish during the week. I
2: have seen that. Did you catch anything? There wasn't much on the gram. <laughs> <laughs> you guess well
1: <laughs> So So walk walked down i like Have not seen a fish in a pool One Actually it's like I saw one fish And I'm like I said to dad What the hell is going on Cormorans anyway, So we No we walk down the We'd walk about Three and a half Four k's Down to the bottom These bottom pools Where we're fishing In the Otways, And there's a Freaking law fisherman With like A rod that looks like He's been surf Fishing off the beach And a rapala That would be Three inches long Which is Humorously Bigger than most of the fish <laughs> in the pools of water that we're fishing. And I go, oh, mate, you, have you fished every pool? Oh, every every pool I could get to, not much around. I see him in there, I cast, and then can't get one. So you spooked them all? You have spooked them, mate. You've wasted my days fishing. The one day that I had off, and I was just, I wasn't happy. I kept it internally, like my wife does for most of the things that she's angry about, and then just walked back up.
2: <laughs> Is that a sneaky little gaff there?
1: Oh, it's a gap for this boat. But I uh, oh, appreciate the fact that everyone has their passion for fishing.
2: But it was just
1: one of those things It was just – anyway, can't do much about it. Hey, um, massive show this week. I won't get to – we'll get to your week in fishing in the next segment. we we'll yeah. run, run a little bit over this morning. But we're going to catch up with Taylor Hunt. We're going to chat the zombie fish. So this was a fish that mm. was presumed extinct – and the stocking, not stocking, but the breeding program to bring those back to life. We're also going to chat. Taylor doing some dodgy work in the science <laughs> industry. Let's put <laughs> it Jurassic that way. Jurassic Park, yes. <laughs> Chatting, Redmond, about some of the stocking that's happening in the next week as well. Yep. I think his, uh bass,
2: estuary perch. I think he's got all that to cover. Yep.
1: So we've got all the information on where to go for all these fish that are being stocked into the local waterways. Uh, up next, of course, we've got the whipperant and plenty more for this morning's episode of Real Adventures.
0: You're listening to Real Adventures. Talking all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors. For Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers. With protection like no other. Welcome back to Real Adventures.
1: It's now time for the Whip Around for Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au. We kick things off this morning with New South Wales and the Albacore out wide of Bermagui and even a few Marlin Redmond. We're going to
0: start to see yeah. more of those.
1: Where where are we at with those? Are we going to, are they going to pick up?
2: 100%. And I'm excited. Very excited. They uh... Is this
1: an earlier season than, than previous well, years? I mentioned
2: it. Like... Al McGlashan said they like, had a few... Good set sessions, and like it, it, like even the last few years early, then it sort of tapers off and it comes back a bit. So, hopefully, it runs through the whole summer. It's going to be hot, it just depends on the current, what the yep. currents do. Yep. We can't predict that yet. Uh, I hope it shapes up to be a cracker because obviously, I'm quite healthy at the minute and I'd love to get up there a few times, uh, shape, run up the coast. And about are eight,
1: you doing Bermagui this year?
2: Yeah, so I'll do the same trip with the boys, and I'm hopefully to do another February? three or four up there. Yeah, so yep. end of Feb, that is end of Feb into March, which is what we've done for. Oh. How old am I now? Since I was about 16, I think. So 15 years, I was on the yep. same trip for. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to hopefully shape up. But the albacore out wide, out wide of Burmy, they love a bit of current and whatnot. That's really exciting. So albacore, chicken of the sea, they call it. And there was plenty of them. So there was a couple of boats that reported plenty of albacore out wide. So they're on the, on the edge of the shelf. They're on the other side of the shelf. So they're quite far out. And then heading into Port Hacking, luderick. Now, these fish don't eat a lot of... Meat as such, they more are your typical weed feeder. Yeah, and you know that. Do you know when you look under a pier and you have got that green, fluorescent sort of green algae? Uh, yeah, it's green like it looks seaweed. like cellophane. Yeah, sort of pretty much. Yep. If you can get that for bait, it is dynamite for luderick. It is dead set dynamite. So you just it is threaded thread it onto your hook. I've never caught one that way, but I know many people that do and yeah, many people and that that's have been the I've never really targeted luderick to tell yep. you the truth. But, yeah, and the report is they're using the same stuff up there. So fishing very, very well. Uh, all structures and the piers throughout the hacking is fishing very good. Queensland, we go to Whoa. the
1: Noosa River. So fishing really well at the moment. If you're taking your family up around the region, the brim, up and around the, the piers are fishing well. The bait reports have been the most consistent, but you can obviously target them with soft plastics. The other one, the flathead within the Noosa River, up around the uh, bar entrance. Just be mindful of the bar, obviously, Redmond. Have you been, you've been through the Noosa Bar, obviously?
2: Yeah, not my own driving, but on a charter boat, and it was a very interesting river. I took the way a, it tacks in and tacks back along the shore, then you're all of a sudden out, and very shallow.
1: I took a four-and-a-half-metre boat through that. It was a, I had no idea at the time. I just, just oh, went Jesus. there. But it wasn't much swell. You've done swell. this a bit. <laughs> I having no idea. <laughs> they
2: were driving through bars and jumping <laughs> waves. I like it. Uh, what, uh, Weeper. So, Lockie Cartledge, very good friend of mine.
1: Good friend of the show.
2: Yes. He uh, went up to Weeper with his mates on boats up there and they fished the reefs and did what they got to do and caught everything. And his little proud moment was they were out there and seen a bait ball. And Lockie's caught a couple of marlin with me now. Yep. And uh, he's never seen them on bait balls. And he looked in the water, and there was four sailfish on this bait ball, and they're driving the boat next to it. And all it is was, an
1: incredible fish as well. Oh, Once they bring up that sail up. to yep. try and herd these
0: beautiful fish, fish yeah. they is that geo type thing, isn't it?
2: Well, he literally had nothing prepared because they were going. They weren't chasing sails, and he just had a uh, he just had a stick bait on. And the sailfish were up, up just behind the boat. You know how inquisitive they are.
0: And yeah. So he's yeah. just
2: casted this stick bait while the boat's driving, and light leader, and just wound the stick bait in, bang, hooked up on a stick bait, hooked the sail on the stick bait, and landed his first ever really? sailfish. So what an incredible way to do yes, it. Yes, he was blown away. He said it was a bit interesting getting it to the boat with the boys that no one's experienced leading it up and whatnot. He goes, they ended up just winding it right up to the boat. They got it in, they lifted it out of the water and got a quick photo with a few of them, and they... Threw it back in. So
1: They're a bit funny with the lifting of the billfish nowadays. Yeah, they
2: don't like it. But no. good on him. I'm proud of him. Good fish. Yeah, people whacking you.
1: You know what? You go fishing, people whack you. You don't go fishing, people whack you.
2: You kick six goals and you still get whacked for not kicking eight. You can't win. Rock-handed. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Coming out of the freshwater creeks and it's getting better as it's warming up. Yeah, nice. So, uh, yeah, the fishing, you know, top of Queensland this time of the year is only going to get better and better, especially on all that side of things. So, it's... Uh, it's uh, fishing very good for the uh, Mundi, even up higher in the impoundments too. So they're fishing good as well.
1: Speaking of barra, the Frenchman, Mark Le Carras, as we head across to the west, he's been fishing East Kimberley at the moment. And the barra he caught during the week, one of the biggest barra you could just
2: about ever imagine,
1: over the metre mark.
2: And he hasn't even done an Aaron photo there and pushed the fish out. That's good.
1: No, no the, the, the photo that he posted on his socials during the week, I don't think it was, it was too big to actually push forward. So, so, the Malcolm you know, Malcolm Douglas country going absolutely off, which is great to to hear. Durian Bay, the other one.
2: Durian Bay, the fads are now out and about.
1: Yep. So... How long does it take for those nah, fish to start... To, not long. Not long. It's, okay.
2: So, how it works is it's not a reef as such. So, it's not like you're waiting for growth to happen on these as such. So, they pull them in and out. It's
1: just something floating.
2: Something floating yep. and pelagics get to it. Bait holds with it. Yep. Something runs into it and stops and holds. Yeah. Bait creates more stuff yep. so it's not necessarily the growth on it yep. it's the structure that gives the, the life yeah. so it and that so it's
1: like when you talk about may may like oh, yep. congregating yep. around like seaweed so
2: they're 100 so they'll find a bit of weed and they'll sit under that weed yeah because it, that's what they do and same as like the mackerel and everything will sort of hold there because there's bait even like i remember i was uh where was i I was on Vanuatu, yep. and we went to a fat and it was blue marlin holding on the fad. So it just creates life and creates activity. It's just the way fads work and it's not like a snapper reef in Port Phillip Bay where you want to get growth on it It to create life, which creates biodiversity. Because these come in and out of the water. I think this one's in for six months. So six months of the year before the whales. So it's... uh, it's a great initiative that they do over there in WA, and they're only the two. There's others that have been released over a few weeks ago, and there's more to come. So when I say released, uh, put in the water, put back into the water for our recreational use, and also the threadfin that are coming in thick at uh, Roebuck Bay too. So they're they're an awesome fish, and they're actually they're actually a fish that I want to catch the threadfin. So I actually really want to catch one of those cool looking fish. We like that. He didn't have hey, his South Australia,
1: South Australia, our uh, our little buddy. Neddy oh, McHenry not young Nettie He's been doing some work In uh, In Port Lincoln Fishing actually He's been doing some filming For for Channel 7 Over there Geez They've been getting Some nice fish What's he catching? Trumpeter oh, Tuna Everything They've well, been doing A little bit of work with Like, I, like Smash the whiting obviously Squid Calamari Um what are they over there? Not not mussels. I'm thinking of something. Oysters.
2: Oysters. There's Nanagai in there. I'm looking yeah. at photos you've got. And, he's, uh,
1: he's been hammering it and all caught on film, which is very unusual. As soon as you bring a camera out when it comes to fishing, um, you don't tend to catch anything.
2: No. I'm about to experience that.
1: Um, <laughs> but beyond what Nettie's been fishing for, yeah, well, um, there's obviously been some big barrels.
2: Yeah, barrels out of Point Lincoln. Uh, Point Lincoln, there was a... Some really good reports, and obviously, Nettie hooked up as well. So, some really, really good po- reports of good fish there. So, worth getting out. Port Augusta? Then, yeah, it's gumbos, gummy nice. shark fishing. You can't fish snapper. So, are yeah. another great. Like, they yeah. eat, in my opinion, and they eat 10 times better than snapper. Yeah, They grow bigger and yeah. they pull harder. Yep. So, they're a great fish that get left you? behind. Why wouldn't you? So,
1: Port Mac, I know you like to save that for the Victorian report. You can Ooh, probably split it today. this week.
2: Uh, Port Mac's just, just, just unbelievable bottom fishery. Nanaiji, uh, uh School Shark, Snapper, Gummies, Makos—you what, it.
1: What about the tuna reports though? Like, is, if you're going to fish, is that the place you go to if you were trying to chase southern bluefin at the moment, or are you better off at Portland?
2: Portland's the go-to of the barrels right now. Yeah, I haven't heard of much. But out. it's
1: still not like it's not absolutely humming at the well, moment. port is it?
2: the barrels are. Yeah, but so, not the school. Not fish. the school fish and Port Mac. There's I haven't heard of any many barrels in the last week. Yeah. Uh, but Portland, Matty Hunt got multiple fish during the week. Yeah, so uh, there's definitely barrels there. But we're tapering off the end of it. Could they keep going longer? You know, Another school could rock up. You just don't know with these tuna fishery anymore. Yeah. It's a 20, 24-hour uh, fishery. No, it's not. It's a 365-day fishery now. Sorry, So yeah. it just runs all year round. It's not yeah. like 12 months of the year that we catch fit, these tuna. So we've got the school school fish that are about to start. There might be a few weeks changeover like in between, but like somewhere you can find them. But even at home where I'm fishing... Nearly, you can go out there and nearly catch a tuna. You can be confident to find a tuna. Uh, it's unbelievable what, what's on offer now. Tazzy, uh, the Processor River, out of the wind, land-based, mullet, flathead, small salmon, all with the kids. Heaps of them too. We like that? Mullet's always good. They are great, make a great bait. Not a very good eating fish. No. but they make, they make a very good bait though. Goats Bluff, land yeah.
1: base, plenty of big salmon available as well as we head to Victoria and the whiting, pretty well, or well, going pretty well. Reuben, is the moon?
2: Yeah, was they, moving. They went really, really good start of the week with those tights, and then as soon as that moon came, it made things harder. Yeah, just yeah. what happened. So I think the moon's tonight or tomorrow night, from memory. Speaking of
1: make things harder, next week's show um, for those interested, and you can obviously. Download our podcast from wherever you download your podcast. But next week's show is all about um, fishing when the conditions don't suit. So you've got the time, uh, and most people can't exactly plan their their fishing exploits around when the, you know, the weather's going to be great. Yep. It is all about maximizing the poor conditions, but maximizing your chances when you've got average conditions, but you've got the time to go fishing. So make sure you stick around for that.
2: There's uh, Whiting uh, in Whiting Western Port going good. Snapper of going very good. The Snapper in, in Western Port. The Snapper in Port Phillip are starting to go really good. They're kicking in now. Uh, Barrel's still out of Portland, as we mentioned. Port Welshpool, Gumbos and Snapper. Plenty of Redfin to come out of beat A few Browns, a few Rainbows. And I don't know if you've seen that Sea Run Trout from the Merry River during the week. I don't know if you've yeah. seen a 67 centimetres. It was an absolute Beautiful stalk as well of fish. So that was uh, really good to see. So there's a... Quite a bit. I'm just showing you that photo there, Patrick, for those that play at home with enthusiasm there. So uh, cracking fish, that sea runner. So that's a really, really good fish. So that's what's happening around our whole country.
1: Beautiful work. That was the whip around for Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au. You're listening to Real Adventures.
0: You're listening to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other.
1: It's now time for All Aboard for Jura unexpected, unforgettable, start planning and find out for yourself. Visit au. Our special guest this morning is Taylor Hunt, Senior Fisheries Manager at Victorian Fisheries
3: Authority. Good morning, Taylor. Good morning, fellas. Lovely to be with you this morning. Before we talk all things Taylor. Stocking. All
2: his his, his information's got for us. Yeah, that's why I call it Taylor (laughs) Talk. Uh, Before you ask Taylor, the tuna aren't far away. They're nearly busting up. I reckon we're probably only, for our local waters, those that are listening, Taylor loves casting to fish. He's a... Obviously, in the science world, in Vic Fisheries, but you're going
1: to say he's breeding tuna or something. This is <laughs> no believable. bleeding
2: zombie fish. Uh, b- bleeding <laughs> bleeding. Breeding, <laughs> breeding a zombie fish, which we're about to we, talk to we, talk about. We
3: will breed tuna if we can. We're we'll trying to <laughs> yeah. breed bloody everything else. Well, for those that, that is it, that is awesome to hear, Aaron, because I am pumped. Yeah, I just had my boat fixed. I'm ready to go offshore. So please tell me when they're busting up. Oh, I'll be straight there.
2: It'll only be a few weeks, I reckon. We'll see our first schools. If that, they could even be there now. I might even go have a little look, Pat. We like that.
1: Well, there's there's a bit happening, Redmond. Yep. So there's a bit to cover off this morning. Uh, Going to chat around uh, EPs bass, but one thing I want to focus on, Taylor, before we talk about some of the stocking that's happening at the moment. This was a post from Vic Fisheries uh, a little while ago. Um, Zombies headed to a new (laughs) conservation hatchery at Snobs Creek. Now, this is a pretty incredible uh, story because the Southern Purple Spotted Gungeon, which is a small-bodied native fish, it was declared locally extinct in 1998. It was rediscovered in Kerrang in 2009, which earned it the the nickname, the zombie fish. Um, tell us a bit about this and the work that fisheries are doing at Snobbs Creek because it's quite extraordinary.
3: Yeah, it is a really cool story, and we joked about um, Jurassic Park—you know, taking the uh, the blood out of the mosquito <laughs> yeah. to bring something back to life. It's not quite like that. But it's it going to attack yeah. you when yeah, you
1: when you're, when you're um, stocking and breeding it inside of the <laughs> uh, the pools,
3: like piranhas. Um, <laughs> This is like a, a, a wetland up near Kerrang. And yeah, this is a this is a fish we hadn't seen for a couple of decades in Victoria. Really pretty little uh, purple fish, purple spotted gudgeon. And there was a waterway about to be um, drained. And uh, a survey was done to have a look to see what was in there to make sure we weren't going to lose anything. And they actually found purple spotted gudgeon for the first time in, yeah, uh, 20, 20 plus years, which is amazing. They got four of them out. Um, so hadn't been seen for such a long time and brought them to us and to a lady called Chris Lammen, uh, who runs a, a fish farm in Gippsland. And and basically, we've been breeding them since then and bringing them back, giving them the name, the zombie fish, uh, which is really cool. Um, there is a new facility we're building at Snobs Creek called a Conservation Hatchery, where we're breeding all of these small-bodied native fish that normally you can't fish for. You know, these are the little galaxids and gudgeons and pygmy perch and things like that. But it's for species just like this that will lose them otherwise. Um, so we've got them in there. Now I think we've got a few hundred of the zombie fish and they'll go through another season of breeding again this year and hopefully we'll have thousands and bring them back uh, across our waterway. So really cool fish. Some of the anglers call them trout lollies. But we value them for what they are as well. And um, yeah, that conservation hatchery, we've got about 27 different species that we want to breed there, including um, small fish, also some bigger fish like Macquarie perch and trout cod and some mussels and some crayfish as well. So um, not just the species you can catch, but, um, you know, really important species for the whole ecosystem we want to bring back.
1: So when you start from a species like that, where you start with four, how how do you work with... I suppose, the diversification and make sure, making sure there's not inbreeding within the fish. Like, how far can you take it when you're first sort of trying to, to restock and start from almost scratch in, in, in this instance?
3: Yeah, so genetics of them is really, really important. Um, and four isn't, isn't a lot to work with. But um, I think Chris and she started with um, a couple uh, down there, and we also got some Purple Spotted Gudgeon in from New South Wales so we could really bolster their genetics yep. and then get them up to, yeah, so we've got, a, we've got a good mix of fish that we can put back in, not just our brothers and sisters going back in. And, yeah, that's really important for all of our, our breeding programs. We want to make sure that we've got good genetic diversity in there. and um, So we brought some interstate zombie fish in to mix with our zombie fish, and, uh, and now they're coming back. There won't be zombie fish soon because there'll be so many of them <laughs> around the place Uh, But that worked pretty well, the zombie fish um, little tag. It got picked up everywhere. Um, So, yeah, very cool.
1: It's interesting you said um, people referring them to to trout lollies. That in (laughs) itself, I think it's a really interesting one though because, you know, contrary to the view of of, of quite a few, like trout are an introduced species. So there's something that that you clearly stock in waterways. What's the balance when you're working with something that is essentially – Introduced, even though it's been in the country for you know 150 years, you're still bringing uh, fish that are introduced into a waterway that obviously has native fish. So, what's the balance? Like, you're obviously trying to work with what recreational anglers would like to fish for, but you know the biodiversity and the the balance of the actual ecosystem that you're introducing um, and stocking waterways. How do you work through? you know, the proper process behind that and make sure that it's not going to unbalance what's, you know,
3: already in an environment? Yeah, it's a great question, Pat. And it's coming up more and more. And um, there are, there's there's a big process really um, that we work through to try and find that balance. And I guess overarching is we want people to have great fishing. So, and that's all part of the Go Fishing Victoria plan. But below that, we want to, we want to do it responsibly. So where we stock trout, um, we're really careful to make sure we don't put them on top of any threatened species. So there's um, assessments that we go through and processes to make sure that, you know, we're not putting them on zombie fish and galaxids and things like that. Uh, there are places where trout are where um, we can't turn back the clock and they're, you know, they're in, they're in um, the high country, they're in the Otways, and they're there, we'll never get rid of them and, and we use them for great fishing Uh, but increasingly we're, we're trying to bring back native and threatened species as well. I think we can do both. So, particularly in our impoundments, we stock lots of trout, about 1.3 million trout, mainly in lakes and impoundments, but we don't typically stock them in rivers. Uh, and then in our river systems, we're stocking more native fish. So, around about 8.7 million native fish Mm -hmm. per year, um, about nine different species. And now we'll have the small body threatened species going back in as well. So it really um, sort of comes down to each individual waterway. We look at its history. You know, if it's had trout there for 150 years, um, it's hard to turn back the clock. But where we find threatened species um, or new places, we're really careful to find that balance to make sure we bring back our native fish. But in other places like the Crater Lakes, Parambit, Meri. Um, Eildon, for instance, trout have been there for such a long time and they provide great fishing and we're going to continue to support them. Um, So long-winded answer, but we can do both, I think. We can have great trout fishing and we can bring back our native fisheries as well.
2: Now, I've got a fish tank at home. You wouldn't want to yeah. leave us with the four fish to start the breeding program, Pat. I'll give you the tip. <laughs> but we, we, uh, we do our best at home, we, Finn and I and uh, and Mia. We do our best. But What do you, what do you have in it? Uh, a bit yeah. of everything. Really. What do you got? We, got, uh, we just got an angelfish the other day. we got guppies. <laughs> oh, we got just yeah, little a, sharks a
0: in there. Fish. Easy
1: to breed. Just tropical.
2: A yeah. uh, couple of yeah. original goldfish. One's called GT, one's called Mahi Mahi. The original <laughs> from when Finn was a kid. But more to the point that I was saying is when you're actually purchasing fish, I got uh, I get asked more questions at an aquarium, when I'm purchasing a fish, about do you have your water right? How long have you had the tank for? Then before I actually in the hospital leaving, then when I'm having kids, <laughs> well, I'm not joking.
1: Very particular with how you look after your fish. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, they're they're right onto it. The aquarium. They are. Uh, they, Sometimes you get a job with Taylor, and I'll tell you what, you won't lose any of your zombie fish. I will give you the tip. How strict they are. Uh, fish
3: enthusiast. Uh, yes.
2: What's been happening this week, Taylor? I've seen a little bit on the social media. You've been very active with some uh, stocking of some fish.
3: Yeah, we're right in the middle of um, estuary perch and bass stocking season. So uh, earlier this week, um, we started our stocking. It'll happen over the next two weeks. So we're putting in over 400,000 bass. 400,000 bass? Yeah, 400,000 and (laughs) 280,000
2: estuary perch. Who counted Um, them? Was that your
3: job or is that an apprentice? (laughs) Rhiannon at Snobs Creek, she's she's a quick counter. She's bloody good at it. no, they do that all at, so these fish come down from Bruce Lawson in Naruma. We supply the brood stock and they basically do it by weight. That's how they work it yeah, out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, these are precious. We put them into, well, they're going into 37 different waters around the state and, and we know the bass and the EP fisheries have been, just been going awesome. Now with the weather warming up, more and more people are, you know, getting back out there and fishing and some awesome reports coming through. Um, you know, I had Brett Geddes earlier in the week uh, sending me through his uh, uh, his personal best bass out of the McAllister, fifty two centimeters.
0: Um, um, We've got
3: yeah, Calvin Baldy how- Baldwin here locally in the Barwon. He's he's getting nice fish up to forty centimeters. Um, and uh, yeah, heaps of waters around the state which I can run through if you're interested. But um, how- lots how of big fish are these going bats? in, lots of places. How big are they, so they when only- you're releasing them? Oh, they only go in as one gram. So they're sort of between (laughs) one to three centimetres. So they're little, and that's why we put lots out. But they're incredibly tough, and we know they survive and get through. And, you know, somewhere like Devil Bend Reservoir or Albert Park Lake, we only stocked them for three years, 2014 to 2016. So they're sort of, you know, eight to ten years old. And now there's guys catching 49, 50 centimetre estuary Mm. perch, Every night, sending through the photos. Um, I think gwane has been down there. Jet's been there. Um, uh, it's featured on Salt Salt Guide. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. And this is happening right across the state. Bass mainly in Gippsland. Estuary perch mainly in the west of the state. Um, but a few other mixes in there. A few bass in the Olingamite and Bulamerai. Uh, and estuary perch into the Werribee River, which people just love. So mm. we reckon they're really cool species because you can catch them year-round, but in the warmer months, little surface lures off the top, um, they hit hard, they fight really well. I know, Aaron, you think freshwater fish fight like a plastic bag, but trust <laughs> me, these bass and ETS are awesome. Bass, like, they yeah. are. Summer,
2: yep. Those bass may be a bit more like a garbage bag, not a plastic A little bit, a <laughs> little bit stronger, a little bit stronger as long as they yeah. as long as they go better than the Woolworths paper bags, Patrick, we'll be right. Hey,
1: Taylor, <laughs> you did mention the stocking around the state. So, for people looking uh, and, and looking for an update on on where you're stocking, where can they find that information?
3: Yeah, so it's all on our website. If you search for um, fish stocking database um, and just Google that, you can come up and you can search any water, or you can search for species. Um, you you might search for bass or estuary perch, and it'll come up. With all the places that we've stocked fish, but if I just rip rip through a few a uh, few of the for estuary perch, the Barwon we're going to put seventy thousand in Devil Bend, uh, the Genoa River, Gippsland Lakes, Lake Tires, Lake Is Cutting, Little River, Upper Stony Creek, Werribee, and for the bass some of the big numbers we're putting into Blue Rock Lake, Bullamerei, Lingamite, Glen Maggie. The Latrobe, the McAllister, the Mitchell, the Snowy, the Tambo, Tambo Timbara, and a whole heap of others. Um, but you can see it all on our website. Just Google fish stocking database and you'll see it all there. Some are very um, close to
2: home there, Patrick, for myself. Absolutely. And and you've got the
1: size of the fish that are going in because it's obviously there's some that are, as you said, one gram,
3: and there's others that are you know 50. Yeah, the size is on the database too. And, yeah, most of our native fish that go in are small, so they're sort of one gram, um, sort of one to three centimetre fingerlings. But trout can be all sorts of different sizes, from fry to fingerlings to yearlings, even up to the stonkers, which are five and six kilos each. Mm. Um, So, yeah, all all those details are there, and it's really good just to help guide where you're going to go. That's what I think about when I go fishing. and. You know, not just the weather, but also where have we stocked fish and where are the reports and uh, to get out there and maximise your chances.
1: We love that. A great way to get your family into fishing. Taylor Hunt, Senior Fisheries Manager at Victorian Fisheries Authority. Our special guest this morning on All Aboard for Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au.
0: Red's Review for Club Marine. Boating's just better with Club Marine Boat Insurance.
1: Now it's time for Red's review for Club Marine Boating's just better with Club Marine Boat Insurance. I've got a set on my Ranger, actually, Redmond.
2: A set of what? Razorback?
1: Yep. Over the leather.
2: I'm not point to buying a leather car.
1: Leather seats. Mm. In summer, they get too hot. Well, I can't these, stand leather seats. He's beautifully aerated.
2: You can't stand them. No. Nah, I don't like them. Really? Hot, burn your butt.
1: I always have my seat warmers on. You know, this might sound <laughs> feel winky. like you pooed yourself. But I wouldn't buy a car now unless they had seat warmers.
2: Kari's got them in her car. I can't stand it on. She well, puts I, it on. It just feels like you pooed.
1: <laughs> I spend 50 minutes in the car every day to work them back. Yeah. And it's a
2: like lower back. See, so I'm air con on It's a cool down. Nah, seizes up. Anyway. Let's get to what we're meant to be talking about. That's probably a good start. <laughs> Atomic mesh bags and jigging bags. Now, I did a tip a little while ago about these mesh bags. And the reason that they're in the review today is because we're coming into what you like to call kingfish season. and Ooh, we love kingfish season. As we mentioned at the start of the show, I'm heading to Exmouth,
1: right? There is not a fish that frustrates me more than kingfish when you're like, nah, just go out, trust me. Today, I went out, I caught 40, you can't miss. And this is Aaron will send these things to me. I'll go out. I'll find them. And I'll spend four hours trying to find out what
2: these eat. Well, we're not talking about these fish.
1: I know. Too much. Because
2: we've got kingfish season in a couple of months. And we're going to go into details of how to hopefully try and get them to bite. What we are talking about on distraction number two (laughs) is the atomic storage mesh mesh bag and also the jigging bag. Yep. Now, heading to X-Mouth and whatnot, getting organized. I ordered some of these. They're about 40 bucks. Yep. And what they're going to do is save you a lot of money because... I was like, just showing Pat the picture here. You can see the mesh on the outside of these bags. And if you just picture it, that you put these jigs in and you can hose them down and leave them open and the water...
1: And you can leave them in the bag. Leave them in the bag. Yeah, that's what I like. You
2: don't have it. to... You're not putting them away behind plastic where the water sits in and you just yep. let air get to them and then just shut them the next day. You the other thing it,
1: is you can see rather than... like You can see, see through the you, mesh. Yep. All right, that's the colour I'm going to go for or whatever yep. it might be.
2: And then you go into... That's the mesh jigging bag. So let's put all your knife jigs and your micro jigs and the likes in it. And then you've got your storage mesh box, bag, it's a, more of a box. I think it's been one of the been great... unreal for me.
1: Yeah, I think it's been one of the great changes in fishing, not changes in yep. fishing technology, but we've gone away from... Can you remember, I remember when I first met you, we you had that big plastic, I had the same thing, like everyone had gigantic plastic fishing boxes.
2: Yes, the Planos.
1: And then in the last <laughs> little, yeah, in the last little, you know, five yep. years, it's gone the
2: total other way. These fabric bags... Smaller.
1: Oh, they're just so much
2: better. Well, these here, the reason I like them is you can put all your lures in them. So, we're coming, we're talking about coming into what we're for us uh, here in Victoria. We're coming into kingfish, small tuna. Yep. You use your lures, chuck them in this mesh bag, and just hose them down and just leave them in there. Yep. You don't need to then go put them into plastic and whatnot because you're going to, I just keep reusing the same. And these mesh especially bags, especially when, you when just, it,
1: like if there's still a little bit of water on there, the condensation, and then it's oh, just. Oh, exactly.
2: Crap. So, I literally finish with it, and this is how even I'm doing this. You fill the sink up at home or a bucket, whatever you do. I Mary's use the sink at home. Great when it
1: comes to <laughs> cleaning up sometimes. I grab
2: my mesh bag by the handle, I drop it into the water, dunk it a few times, pull it out, and I just put it on the back of the boat for the rest of the day outside of the house, and then I just chuck it in the shed. So these are seriously good, and they're both about 40 bucks each. You'll get them like cheaper that. here and there, but to look after your gear and whatnot, check them out. They're going to help you a lot. Save money, you're not going to have your hooks rust, you're not going to have your jigs go to crap and also your Lewis. So they're really, really good. Where do we find them? Any good tackle store, they're going to have them. Or you can obviously find them online. Type in Atomic Jigging Bag or Atomic Mesh Bag and you won't have any dramas. Uh, Find yourself them to save you some money by obviously looking after your stuff that I do really, really well.
0: That was Red's review for Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. You're listening to Real Adventures. Talking all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. Welcome back
1: to Real Adventures for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. It's time for Red's
2: Tip. So, Snapper on, Pat, in Port Phillip Bay, Western Port. We love that. And the amount of people that I'm seeing that are learning how to fish, catching fish, which is, like, oh, I love that. That's what my job is, teaching people. But you just got to remember that the drag on your reel is set for a reason and it's your mate. I snapped. A,
1: I snapped the rod in Queensland because the drag was a little bit heavy and the angle of the rod wasn't a bit really high great. Sticking. Yeah, a bit of high sticking.
2: <laughs> so what I mean by that's that when this I message on
1: Mike, have you got any spare casting rods? That's what that was
2: about. I thought you would blame George, uh, but basic, <laughs> basically, when a snapper's pulling line out yep. and your drag set to about a kilo and a half roughly, which is what we pretty much set him at, pulls it out, your drag comes out, you shouldn't be doing anything with the rod shouldn't be pulling against the rod and you shouldn't be whining. If it's making the noise, unless your drag click is broken, if it's making the noise, you just stand there and let the rod, let the fish pull.
1: They're not going to go to the reef?
2: Well, not snapper. What, like, yep. what, like, not really. Yep. Like, maybe, but no. Like it, it, yep. You're very unlucky.
1: It's a, bit, it's a risk that's worth taking.
2: Like you might lose the odd one and bust you off here and there. Now, basically when it stops running, you lift up, you wind down, you lift up. As soon as that fish pulls again, you let it run. Don't pull against that fish as hard as you can. And this is where, like, I'm very... Uh, strong in the fishing sense with using the rod because I don't waste my energy. Yep. So, once mm-hmm. the fish pulls, I just stand there and I just put the rod in my groin and I just stand there and let the fish run. I'm not using that energy.
1: It's not a race to no. get the fish up as fast well, as
2: possible. Well, what most people are doing is their drag's coming out and they're pulling against this fish up and down and they like, that's quite, it takes it out of you because what happens with a lot of people get excited, they tense up. Yes. And once you tense up, you're doing that for five, six minutes on a fish, you tense now and you're like, yeah. it takes it out of you, especially when you've got a five kilo fish on. So, when the drag's pulling, just relax and just stand there. And then when it stops, just lift him up. Yep. Lift him up. You drag set at a, it's only a kilo and a half you're pulling up. That's what you drag set at. It's only a kilo and a half, you're lifting up. When it pulls, let it go again. So it is, Red's tip this week is using your drag of your reel when you're chasing any fish. But Snapper was the example today. It's now time for the flying gaff, Patrick, and you've got a little bit of audio there for us. Oh, we like this one. It's been a dramatic twist in a road rage attack in Melbourne after a driver got out of a red Volkswagen Golf to verbally abuse another motorist before realising his mistake.
1: This man has run up the highway at a light. Here he is swearing at uh, said other driver.
3: Two police officers chased the man back towards his car. The video ended there and Victoria Police... Haven't been able to clarify if the man is facing charges.
2: So, uh,
1: so he gets out of his car, he runs to abuse someone, then he realizes and he was angry too. Like he I'm was very about, angry, like
2: he was scary angry,
1: very angry. Then he realizes, hang on, the police in the car, in next, the car door. next door turns around and starts running away. <laughs> <laughs> so the gaff this week heads to that man, who um, for one, like ridiculous to get out of your car during road rage. Throw something from your car or something. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets the gaffe uh, for looking rather silly when the, uh, when the police just jump out and he turns and bolts. Um, thanks for your company this morning on Real Adventures. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll do it all again next week.